Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. Hey, this is Tracy Sellers, and I made vows to keep on November 3rd, 2001. Today, it's just going to be me and you, ladies, how to encourage your husband. Little did I know that when I started to put this broadcast together and talk with you girls about the way we could encourage our husbands, that this particular week would be one where my husband would need the most encouragement he's needed in quite some time. So as I looked back at my notes and what I was going to talk with you about today, I had to put myself right smack dab in the middle of this teaching. These stories I'm going to share with you today, they're as much for me as they are for you. But you know what? Even though I knew David needed me this week, he needed an extra sprinkle of love and encouragement. Two really interesting things happened. Number one, I didn't know where to start. Have you ever felt that way? Like you want to do something, but you don't know what it looks like? That was me this week, even though I'm teaching on this stuff. And number two, even if I had known where to start, I'm going to be honest with you. I really didn't want to, you know, not only did I feel like my hands were tied, helpless almost, there were some other things mixed into the equation that shouldn't have been there. And I'm going to tell you what they are right now. Unforgiveness and bitterness that I'd allowed to settle into my heart like walnuts in a brownie. It just ruins it for me or vinegar on potato chips. It doesn't belong. I made chocolate chip cookies this week because I had some major dental work done and I couldn't open my mouth very far. So I was eating soft foods and boy, did a melt in your mouth cookie sound like just the ticket, but I didn't put the recommended pecans in there too crunchy for my sore jaw. Ouch. There are some things in our marriage recipe that just don't belong. Harsh words, hard hearts. Your husband, my husband needs us to put the softness back into our marriages, to encourage them, to love them. There is a recipe for that. And that's what we're going to look at today. So in my household, I do about 80 to 90% of the cooking. Now the other 10 to 20% is made up mostly of nights where my husband, David offers to make dinner instead. And it's always interesting. Let me tell you, David does not follow recipes. In fact, you can bet that he'll sit down at the table with this expectant look on his face and ask all of us to guess the secret ingredient. Cinnamon in enchiladas, mustard in chili, rum extract in pancakes, and the list could go on and on. Now, I myself, I'm more of a recipe follower, although I have learned by trial and error and sometimes by mere accident, how to improve on a recipe. For example, last winter, I was making some creamy chicken noodle soup, and I grabbed for my big pepper dispenser, which unfortunately looks exactly like my chili powder dispenser, and you guessed it, an absolute oops moment. I just ruined dinner, and I was just about to throw it away, but decided to try a bite, and much to my surprise, it tasted fantastic. It is now my new secret ingredient for that soup, and it's made me want to try experimenting with other things as I cook. Now, I'd say the secret ingredient for a healthy marriage and the secret ingredient for encouraging our husbands is one and the same. What makes that chicken noodle soup stand out and cause me to want to make it again is not the obvious spices like pepper or salt. It's not even the expected things like noodles and chicken. 
The secret ingredient for encouraging your husband is not the obvious things that come to your mind. Things like respect, maybe lingerie every now and again, those date nights you look forward to, kisses before and after work, asking him how his day was. Now, you wouldn't have chicken noodle soup without the chicken and noodles, just like you wouldn't have much of a recipe for loving your husband without the ingredients we just mentioned, like kisses and respect. They are very important and cannot be overlooked. But there's another flavor, if you will, that underlies everything else. When I take a bite of my soup creation, it's the chili powder that sings above all the rest. Now, it's barely visible. Most people probably couldn't put their finger on what's different, but I know it's there. So let's get to the punchline here. What's the thing that gets missed when we think about ways to encourage our husbands? It's the heart. Our heart is seen before we think we're sharing it. And our heart is seen despite our best efforts to hide our true feelings. You could do all the quote unquote right things, add all the right ingredients to your marriage. But if your heart is not right towards your God and towards your husband, the recipe is not going to come together like God intended. Have you ever been with another couple and you've seen the way the wife is talking to the husband? There's not a warmth between them. And it's really not even in the words that are being said. It's more in the tone. What's the offense in that situation? Well, imagine if the person who was supposed to be your helpmate, who knew your every weakness, punched you figuratively every time they could be helping you. Because that's basically what is happening when you witness a wife with a disrespectful tone toward her husband. A disrespectful jab sends a message to your husband. It says you're incompetent with the most minute details, and clearly I should be the one leading you. It screams disrespect. It speaks loudly of the heart. It speaks of his flaws rather than praising where he is strong. It tears down, which is the opposite of what we are called to do as their wives. Now, ladies, I know in reality, we don't always get it right, but let me give you an opposite example of what we just talked about. Now, David and I have either always had wrecked cars or classic cars that need a lot of work. One time we had all three of our kids in the back of our 69 Chevelle that we no longer have. And we were at a car wash. David was washing the engine. And when he went to start the car, something happened. And we ended up sitting there until grandpa came with the trailer and gave us a ride home. It was about a three hour process. And our kids were quite a bit younger at the time. Now it was supposed to be this quick trip to town. So I didn't bring anything for the kids to do. And there we sat and sat now, I was extremely tempted to complain and whine and let everybody, especially David, know how this was inconveniencing me. And did he have any idea how hard it was to keep three grade schoolers occupied for that long? But it was one of those times where I knew what the right thing to do was, and I actually chose it. I remembered my role in David's life. I was there to be his helpmate, there to respect him, to love him, to submit to him. And it was not easy, let me tell you. But instead of being constantly inquisitive, like, hey, what's going to happen? What are you going to do about this? When are we going to be home? I showed full confidence in David's leadership. I wasn't second guessing all the details, which would have massively added to his stress. David still looks back on that time and brings it up reminding me how encouraging I was to him in that moment, simply because I didn't try to backseat drive the situation. But you know what? I don't always do it this way. I certainly didn't this particular week. I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. 
It's so simple, isn't it? God's call on our life, so doable, yet so hard. Why is this so hard? It goes back to the heart. We're going to be mostly in Luke chapter 6 today here on Vows to Keep Radio. Turn there if you have a Bible with you. Verses 43 and 45 talk about how our words reveal what's inside of our hearts. Verse 45 of Luke 6 says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Or the New Living Translation says, What you say flows from what's in your heart. This is the takeaway from that. We can't fake this stuff. Our heart shows in every little thing we do. That's why the heart is the secret ingredient. If you're taking notes today, here are four ways to check your heart so encouragement flows from it naturally. Number one, encourage from a heart of purpose. Understanding the purpose of your marriage and your role within that marriage is going to help you to be an effective helper and encourager. In Luke 4, Jesus says that he's coming to bring good news to the poor. He's coming to set the captives free and bringing sight to the blind. Jesus knew his purpose and we can know ours too. In marriage, our purpose is to love, loving like Christ has loved us. Let's get real practical here. Recently, I've been offended at something David has done or rather not done that I thought he should have. And I let bitterness develop slowly over time. And pretty soon I began to recognize I had a hard heart towards my husband. Unforgiveness was squeezing out all the purpose and blessing of my marriage. I didn't get any of the blessings that God promises when we do things his way. I was holding this thing over David's head and I was refusing to fulfill my role in his life. He could see that something wasn't right, even though he didn't know what it was. I needed heart changed in order to give my husband what he needed most and to fulfill what God had asked me to do. But my eyes were completely on me and I wasn't remembering my purpose in my marriage. My love for David was not patient and kind like it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. I was definitely keeping a record of wrongs and I was definitely being irritable and even rude. In order to encourage David, I needed to, number one, repent of my hard heart. Number two, forgive David. Number three, ask God to give me a love for David. And number four, put 1 Corinthians 13 into practice. And I also needed to get my focus back on God, which gives me a servant heart for David. You might be thinking right now, okay, Tracy, so you were able to look past what he was doing. It probably wasn't major, right? But I'm here to tell you that no matter the offense, our purpose remains the same. Our purpose remains to love. And our privilege within the purpose is to love the most when our spouse deserves it the least. Now, one thing our husbands need to be encouraged is our respect. And it can be extremely challenging to respect someone who isn't doing respectable things. So number two, if you're taking notes, encourage from a heart of respect. Respect your husband, especially when he doesn't deserve it. And that may be the biggest encouragement you could ever give him. Respect comes from a heart of once upon a time. Respect comes from a heart of remembering. It's all a matter of perspective. We look at verses like Romans 6.23 that tells us, that we should die in our sins, but instead God gives us this free gift of eternal life in Jesus. Once upon a time, you needed that free gift, and so did I. No strings attached. 
Verse after verse in God's word brings us back to that perspective. We were bought with a price. We were loved beyond measure when we didn't deserve it. And now we're called to do the same. We're called to encourage, to turn the other cheek, to pour out mercy. Yes, even for someone who is in our eyes undeserving. The secret sauce is right there in front of us, but we don't see it. We don't use it because it takes a cup full of humility to see ourselves as needy and ask for a savior. And it takes a pot full of humility to pass the same love we've received onto our spouse when they've been hurtful towards us. Let's continue in Luke 6, verse 35, where Jesus reminds us to love our enemies, to do good to them and to lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Now, whenever I've read this verse, I've thought of it in terms of money, but what if we lent our patience to our spouses, our grace, our kindness and forgiveness without looking for when our spouse would repay us with a heart change? Where does your spouse need a no interest, no payments for a hundred years loan? Luke 635 continues with an amazing promise. When you lend your grace and patience and mercy without expecting anything in return, God's word says, then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. When we act like our heavenly father, our reward will be great and we will be sons of the most high. What could be better than that? Especially because we can double dip. While we get blessed, our husbands will get the respect that will encourage them. All right, on to number three, encourage from a heart of generosity. And this is all about intimacy. Intimacy comes from a heart of generosity. Generosity is an amazing encouragement. You see, a generous heart knows what it's been given, and it actively looks for ways to give those gifts away. Jesus gave generously. He had a servant's heart. So listen to this. Tuesday night, I couldn't sleep. I was so wrapped up in my resentment and my hurt towards David. It was literally robbing me of my sleep. Wednesday morning, that passage we talked about from 1 Corinthians about what love is and what it isn't came across my computer screen. I asked God to help me do those things and he did. As I had time to think this week, God shifted my focus from me to him and from me to David by asking me, to ask this one simple question. What does David need? That flipped my heart right around. Number one, David needs to know I find him attractive. Number two, he needs to know I'm grateful and appreciative of what he's doing, especially when he feels like a failure. And number three, David needs to know I don't give my intimacy with him on the basis of his performance. Number four, he needs to know I'm not giving to him out of obligation, but out of generosity. What does your husband need to know this week? Ask the question and then answer it. And finally, number four, ways we can check our hearts so encouragement flows from them. Number four, encourage from a heart that keeps no record of wrongs. Yes, 1 Corinthians 13 again. Ladies, don't keep score out loud and don't keep score in your head. You did this, so now I'm not going to give you that. You didn't do this thing, so I deserve this other thing. We tend to shy away from what we think is going to cost us something. If I give my husband this, whatever the this is, we tell ourselves that we may lose in this other area. I may lose my personal time. I may lose my independence. Why should I give up my preferences when you didn't do that thing for me? 
or I may lose my control over the situation. I felt this week that if I forgave David, it would be letting him off the hook for what he didn't do that I wanted him to do. This offense that I had towards him. I felt he needed to know how much he had hurt me, even if he didn't intend to do it. It almost felt like me against him. Let's read Luke chapter six again, starting in verse 27. Jesus says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. When we're keeping score with our spouse, we are not on the same team. And when we're not on the same team, I'm not looking for ways to bless him and be a blessing. I'm looking at how much it's going to cost me. When I keep score, I'm only looking out for me. I can't love my husband if I'm keeping an invisible scoreboard on my living room wall. Tally marks on each side determining what I will choose to say and do. I need to base what I say and do not off of what David has done, but by what God has done for David, what God has done for me. And it's not a one-time deal. We know that. Reality is every day. Sin is every day. Unmet expectations are every day. My will versus God's will is an everyday battle. Like when you want to go on a weight loss diet or you decide to cut out wheat and sugar and dairy, one meal with those things missing isn't going to change your health instantly. It's revising how you're already cooking, changing the way you shop and think about food over the long haul that's going to have the greatest effect on your health. This also is a long game. Revisit your heart often. Check your ingredients. You may be going through the motions, adding in the chicken and noodles in your marriage, but are you checking the most important ingredient? A heart of purpose, a heart of respect, a heart of generosity, and a heart that keeps no record of wrongs, a heart that's right before both God and your husband. As we close today on Vows to Keep Radio, let's look at the last passage in Luke chapter 6, where Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. What kind of house do you want? Storms are going to blow. We all see that in our daily lives. Sin beats against the house. Circumstances beat against our marriage. The scoreboard we've been keeping isn't quite lining up the way we would want it to. What's your foundation today? What's the ingredient that sings above all the rest in your marriage? Going through the motions or asking God to give you a heart of love for your spouse? Asking the question, what does my spouse need? Because we know that God asks that question of us. What does Tracy need? What does Julie need? What does Kendra need? What does Jenny need? He asked the question and he answered it. He asked the question when we were at our worst. He answered it by obeying his father, coming to earth, living a perfect life for us, dying 
on a cross for us, taking all of our sins, being the perfect sacrifice so that we could have a perfect relationship with the Father. Our faith is built on that foundation and your marriage can be as well. Don't separate them in your mind as you have before. Build your marriage on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel for you is the gospel for your marriage relationship. If things have been tough between the two of you, if conversation has run cold, if doors are slamming and the words that are being spoken are hurtful, or maybe there's just no words being said at all, encouragement is not part of your vocabulary in your home. Things can change today. Ask the question, what does my spouse need? And then answer the question. He needs me to encourage from a heart of purpose, a heart that wants to do what God has asked me to do. He needs me to encourage from a heart of respect, taking my role seriously in his life as his helpmate. He needs me to encourage from a heart of generosity, lavishing love on him, especially when he fails. And he needs me to encourage from a heart that is keeping no record of wrongs. Your husband sees your heart. He sees it in the way you plan your day. Your husband sees your heart in the look on your face. Your husband sees your heart in the words you choose to speak. Your husband sees your heart when you isolate yourself from him. Your husband sees your heart when you're just going through the motions. But the good news is that your husband sees your heart when you are being patient with him and he knows you're frustrated. Your husband sees your heart when you're being kind to him when he's just hurt you. Your husband sees your heart when you choose joy over anger. Your husband sees your heart when you choose to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart rather than unmet expectations. Your husband sees your heart when you choose to love like Christ did, following Christ's commands. Your husband sees your heart when you choose to set aside what you would want to do to show goodness to him. Your husband sees your heart when you choose to keep your eyes and your mouth and your body faithful to him. Your husband sees your heart when you choose not to give full vent to your wrath, but instead allow the Holy Spirit to control your emotions. And your husband sees your heart when you speak to him in gentle words and gentle tone. Your husband sees when you have a hard heart, but just as clearly he sees when you have a soft heart towards him. And that points him to Christ every single time. Let's come before our Father today, asking him to help us do what this next verse says. Proverbs 14.1 says, Every wise woman encourages and builds up her family, but a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions. Lord, would you help us today to be humble enough to let you examine our hearts? Help us, God, to build up our homes and our husbands with our words and our actions, to recognize where they need encouragement, and then take measurable action to ensure 
they receive what they need. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Like what you heard today on Vows to Keep Radio? Listen to more life-changing broadcasts at VowsToKeep.com. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.